He's here. Rambo, this is Murdoch. We're glad you're alive. Where are you? Give us your position and we'll come to pick you up. Murdoch. I'm coming to get you. Oh, here we go again. Hey, everybody, here we are. We're back at it again this time. Sam has joined us. Yes, that guy that you probably forgot. He's actually here again. The other dad that we like to record with, Sam, is going to help me in this endeavor. I'm trying to give justice to our new guest. His name is Travis Partington. He's a Marine father, and he's got the Oscar Mike Radio podcast. He's going to teach us a whole bunch about a, a whole bunch of probably different things. What's going on today, Travis? Hey, not much. Uh, you know, Sam and Corey, it's great to be here. Uh, loving life. Uh, we were talking before we started recording that my youngest uh, at the time of this recording turns 18 tomorrow. So a lot of a lot of dad vibes and thoughts going through my head right now. So nice. what a cool way to bring in his birthday. So, uh, yeah, I was in the Marine Corps from in the late 90s. I was a radar operator for a surface-to-air missile system called Hawk. Uh, have a lot of great Marine friends and uh, a lot of Marine lessons and now I'm in the Boston area doing like Boston stuff, but I don't sound like I'm from Boston and I'm talking to you guys. So it's just a, a really great time and I'm pr- I'm happy to be here. We are happy to have you. It yes, is, thank you uh, for being on the show. Yeah, we appreciate it. It, it has been a guy, like you might be our second ever Marine. I think I'm, I'm kind of blanking on exactly what we've had. Third? Yeah, I think maybe the third. Yeah. Okay, third. All third. right. Uh, it, we haven't had... Uh, any army guys though have we mm-hmm. have we had an army guy too man i'm just gonna shut up because i'm gonna fucking ruin it uh, every time every time i open my mouth I, I embarrass myself that being said so we are happy to have another marine and we like to kind of peek into that life as uh army guys we tend to have you know that ingrained kind of uh rivalry i guess but all the marines i've met have been super cool so <laughs> just a little bit and, and this thing about crayons keeps popping up that apparently like <laughs> I was never like, like it makes me once again, feel kind of stupid, but I've not been exposed to this joke, but I see it a lot. And I don't I, know. I have no idea if the crayons were, are some Crayola person thought up, but it was not there where I was in. So I'm like, this is a new thing for me. I'm, I don't even care. You know, I can check that question off my list then, because I was going to ask you what your favorite crayon was. <laughs> None of you, them, uh, I can't color. <laughs> yeah, he, he said he had that question once before, and then yeah. I saw that question on or something about it on Facebook, and I'm like, okay, I, I clearly I missed something about crayons right. and marines. I, I have no I idea. I just, <laughs> I don't sorry, know. guys. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if that I don't even know what that would imply. Like, it, does it mean that marines are like creative people? Like, <laughs> you guys no. are like artistically minded or something? Well, oh, no. stuff up. Yeah, we we get creative when it times it comes time to destroy stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to be. Um, yeah, it's it's more like a jab at their it's more like a jab at their intelligence or like uh, their their okay. ability to do things beyond a basic set of three lines of instructions. It's more like, you know, yeah, you guys are great at fighting. You guys are great at tearing stuff up. We need people to jump into the fight. We need people to, th- we need to throw bodies out there and just mow down the enemy with like extreme prejudice. 
yeah, we're going to send the infantry out there. We're going to send the, we're going to send the Marines out there, the expeditionary forces, you know, they're great at doing all that stuff. But if you ask them how they want their eggs, they're just going to tell you eggs at the chow line. They're not going to tell you scrambled, fried or poached or otherwise. They're just going to look at you and grunt. And so, you know, you could throw a couple crayons in there and they're probably going to eat that too. So that's, I think kind of where that, that joke stems from when, you know, when you, when you're asking Marines about, you know, what's up with the crayons is it's like a jab at their intelligence. You know, they're, they're great at fighting. They're great at tearing stuff up. I guarantee it was a long weekend of 72 or 96. Some Marine or Marines got drunk and they decided that a crayon box is a good snack and it just stuck. You know, I almost wish I had thought it up so I can sell some shirts or something. I don't know. I know, right? There'll be a side hustle right there. Right there. <laughs> I think, if anything, it's actually been a dig at my intelligence because I was the only one that didn't know what was going on. And oh. you worked on missiles. So I don't really think it applies too much here. That being said, though, I do want to get one question out of the way. The first thing I always think about when I think about the Marines, it, I considered joining and I was like, nope. Corey, you're not tough enough. <laughs> you might as well, you might as well go to the army instead. And, uh, and I did, and I, and I would not consider the army too tough. Uh, your thoughts, uh, looking at joining the Marines, were you like, this is going to be super tough for me. I'm going to be having issues with this. Uh, you know, what were you thinking going in and did it match up to those expectations? Well, I think at the time, man, we were all watching uh, Full Metal Jacket on Rewind <laughs> on the VCR. Yeah. That's what's that Don- shit the day before basic training? Right. You know, it's going to be like that. And, and it wasn't like that. And it kind of was like that. You know, you had your private jokers. You had your private piles in there for sure. Um, you know, I, I tell people, man, the, 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 the worst part of boot camp for me was the gas chamber. Oh, yeah, like, like the runs sucked, the humps sucked, um, the swim call was no joke, but that mm-hmm. two minutes of not being able to breathe was, was the worst, absolute worst thing. And then I turned, I had my birthday at Camp Pendleton and, and I didn't, I didn't even care. I had this opportunity to go to bed early. It was right after the 4th of July. I remember the 4th of July, you could stay up and watch some fireworks. I went to bed. I just didn't care. So the gas chamber was it because you, you couldn't breathe. And they wanted you to sing the Marine Corps anthem before they would let you you don and clear. And Oh, man. It, it just sucked. Other than that, yeah, it, it met my expectations. It's I, I wanted it to be tough. I wanted to reboot my life. And yeah, yeah, I got it. I mean, the thing is, the funny thing is, Shreveport Bossier is an Air Force town by virtue of it being Barksdale Air Force Base in Bossier, right? The Air Force was right there. I saw how those guys lived, you know, air conditioned dorms and, you know, this beautiful chow hall and right there. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to do that. I went in the Marine Corps instead. That's mm. smart, right? Yeah. 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 Somebody so, took the hard road. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, to answer your question, yeah, it certainly met my expectation there. Uh, do I regret it? No. One of the proudest moments of my uh, life, besides being a father, was you know, become a United States Marine. Absolutely. Uh, and, and one more thing that kind of ties to that, that I, I ask occasionally, uh, we all miss something about being in, you know, even if we couldn't wait till we got out, what is the one thing that you miss the most about being in the Marines? Man, it is, the, it is the, 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 my God, 
it's the togetherness. I'm trying to say that it's the, it's being together. Uh, at first it's like, you know, I don't want to be around any of you guys at the end of the weekend. I want to get away, but then you get out and you realize how lonely it is. Uh, no one cares that you served. You're in a strange place with no friends or family around you. And the friends you are around don't know what you've been through. So you have no point of reference. And so you start missing these people really, really bad, really quickly. It's, it's something else. So it's it's the loneliness and, and lack of togetherness yeah that I camaraderie that for sure. you miss, yeah you know yeah. That, that that connection that you share you know while suffering or going through those shared experiences that you can't really find that kind of relatable experience at that time you know with your civilian friends or friends that just didn't serve at all you know 100%. You, 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 yeah you got that sense of camaraderie and you know you can draw back on those particular memories that may seem trivial or even alien to you know your civilian folks or, or family and you're like, no, you know, these people understand these people get me, you know, you could speak an entire conversation in acronyms and your buddies would understand what the fuck you said. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I remember just, um, just to get a little personal real quickly, when I first got out, uh, I moved, we, I was in Hawaii and moved to Colorado and I immediately lost touch with basically every friend I had. They were, uh, they had just kicked into training for Afghanistan and they left maybe, uh, I don't know, five or six months after I got out. And it was kind of hard because they were gone and there was that, there was that break and I didn't have them and I never would again. Uh, there was, I know I was never able to rebuild any of those relationships. And then at the same time, you know, being back amongst the, my civilian friends and seeing them at least occasionally on uh, when I could, that there was like some kind of like wall between us and eventually like I wasn't friends with any of them anymore either and it really was uh, a tough a tough period and uh you know that um it just something it reminded me of when you said that but I uh like to and I haven't today like to kind of give my co-host a uh, free reign uh, at least in toward the beginning of the show and and like I said, I didn't do it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it now. And Sam, go ahead and uh, and you know get the uh, get whatever's at the top of your list out there and, and blow our minds. Sam's always good with his on point questions. He kind of makes me feel foolish sometimes. Like, what's your favorite uh, color? Yeah, yeah. That is it. Well, since I can go ahead and check off that crayon question. Oh no, I meant me. But yeah, sorry about that. No, I totally meant me. <laughs> no, no, no. You're great. You're fine. Corey does great with opening up and and welcoming our guests. And like I said, we try to make this a round table discussion about anything kind of dad related, or if we're specific in having a veteran dad or another veteran on the show, you know, that gives us a few more talking points that we can kind of cover and go over. When Corey was talking about, um, you know, dropping some friends along the way and you, Travis had also mentioned about, you know, uh, not having that camaraderie and not having that connection. Um, those folks that did remember you or, or had a good connection with you before, where you started uh, your uh, your time in the service. Um, this is something that I kind of encountered a little bit too with some of my friends pre-deployments or some friends that knew me before I went to, you know, a, a war zone or, you know, a particular mission. Uh, and one of the things that they noticed was that when you come back to them, you're a different person. To them, you've changed. Uh, to them, you're not the same as you were when you were around before. Is this something that you experienced throughout your, uh, you know, during your stint or your, your time served? For sure. That, uh, okay. 
Yeah. How, how did you, how did you navigate that situation or how did you recognize or, you know, cause internally you feel like, no, I, I haven't changed. No, I'm still the same me. I'm still the same person. But uh, did you share, you know, like I said, tell us a little bit about your experience with that. So, so you go back home and, and you start looking at things as, you know, what's, where's the threat at, even though you didn't serve in combat, you, you know, you start seeing things in terms of your hyper awareness kicks in and you're just aware of different things that you normally would just pass off. And, and some people got really freaked out about that. You, you know, I'm like, you're sitting in a restaurant. I'm like, I, I think there's something wrong with that, you know, girl and guy sitting over there. There's something going down. And sure enough, they go in the parking lot and start getting in a fight. And, you know, my buddy's like, man, how, how did you know that? I'm like, well, it just, I just observed and, and, and knew that was going down um the other thing they hated was the the punctuality thing like i i like being on time before but it wasn't really a, a a mission focus of mine but you know post boot camp post hawk school you know we gotta get there on time and that is it's eight o'clock start which means we need to be there at 7 45 let's go let's get it done now dude, <laughs> dude just calm down we can be in there 805 805 we're late and and, yeah. and people were like, man, you're just way too intense, man. Just calm down. And I'm like, well, time is precious. We gotta we gotta be there on time right now. So yeah. it, it was it was things like that. And then the other thing, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I, it took me a long time to break this habit. Was the 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 rate that I could eat food, <laughs> like like. You know, that whole thing, I'm sure you all have heard it, that whole eat it now, taste it later thing was mm -hmm. ingrained. I could polish off, you know, three slices of pizza, a Coke, and, you know, no problem in, in like under a minute. And I'm like, okay, food's done. Let's go. And and my buddy, and then some, you know, women were like, hey, you know, it's not going anywhere. I didn't, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I'm just like, hey, you know, food's here. Let's get it down. Let's go. And I'm sitting there, like twiddling my thumbs, like what's going on? And they why are we like, still here? Why are we still here? What's <laughs> taking so long for you guys to eat? I mean, hello, you know, hello, hello, let's go. And, and it's like sl slow down. And, and, and I didn't think anything of it. You, you know, it's just the way it was. It was things like that 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 you know made me understand how much I had changed. And then freak some people out who were like, man, he really has changed. Like, this is not an exaggeration. So it was things like that. Yeah. And like your friends are sitting here pining over the idea that, you know, they could have added some more oregano and a little less fennel to that pizza slice. And you're like, I didn't notice that until I burped. But yeah, you make a good point. 20 minutes later, you're like, uh, yeah, it's, it, I'll figure it out when it finished digest or, you know, when I that back up later let's uh let's go we got places to go people yeah. people to talk to things to do I'm done. that was one thing that was one thing that the military didn't break out of me i i was man I, I was habitual about not being on time and it took me years and years i i think i'm getting a little bit better now now you know, post post service <laughs> yeah yeah many 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 moons post service um i Man, yeah, I, I always had some kind of excuse. I always had some kind of reason. I always had some kind of backup plan to why I showed up late to formation or why I showed up to like duty or why I showed up to like roll call. I wasn't late to like, you know, pre-checks for like deployments and things, but 
by and large, I always had to come up with kind of some kind of slick way of talking my way out of being on time. And if for about 10 years, it worked. I was literally afraid to miss morning formation. Like there was a, a fear in me to be on time. You know, you know how they fixed that when I was in, they didn't punish you, you know, they punished us. Uh, oh, everybody yeah, yeah, or, yeah everybody got punished oh yeah but yeah. no but but guy like you'd be sitting up there at the front watching and you know it's like hey you know what you gotta sleep sometime <laughs> no. um, every once in a while every once in a while we kind of got that mass punishment in in some things but it was usually pulled over to the sides like look if you do this shit again i was like you are going to be up for the next KP duty rotation. You are going to, they, they tried to do that. And I got punished with various things um, like uh, extra guard guard duty was my kryptonite. That's how they figured out how to get to me was that if I, if I needed to be punished, it wasn't the front leaning rest position. It wasn't getting my uniform dirty. It wasn't doing extra KP duty or anything like that. They figured it out that it was guard duty. Guard duty was my kryptonite. I absolutely hated guard duty just standing there in the dark staring at pesco baskets or blockades and just waiting for a car to come by to listen to some entitled dependent talk about how their vehicle doesn't need to be searched or they don't need to be stopped because their husband or their spouse is some kind of general officer or some kind of other high-ranking individual on the base and that just entitles them to a pass and i'm just like look lady it's three o'clock in the morning I can't feel my toes. I really don't care who your husband is. It's cold as shit. I want to go inside where the space heater's at, get this last cup of coffee that the chow hall delivered about four hours ago, eat my chicken and rice that still got bones in it, and I just want to go home. I'm done. I don't care what you really have. I'm just doing this to cross my T's and dot my I's. Lady, just go on with yourself, okay? It's it's fine. It really is. It's fine. Uh, Just let me do my job. I got to move around because I got arthritis and it hurts. I don't want to be out here. I don't care about your story. Just do the damn thing. But anyway, I've talked enough about that. So yeah, guard duty, hated it. Never do it again. You can't pay me enough money to be a security guard or pull any kind of job that's remotely resembles that. It's just, it's terrible. I can't do it. Can't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't care. I don't care how much you want to pay for it. It's not worth it. Not worth it to me. So with that being said, I'll segue to another question about your uh, your um, surface-to-air radar operator position, what you said, the Hawk system. Yeah. Now, did that attach you to, or were you, um, and you don't have to tell me if it's, you know, if it's some kind of uh, thing you need to keep to yourself or anything, but was that MOS or that job part of an air defense artillery unit or air defense yeah. unit? Yeah, Hawk, Hawk, okay. Hawk's a medium, uh, considered a medium range air defense artillery system. Okay. So um, the funny thing was when I got off the the plane in El Paso and checked in, uh, I I remember her name. Uh, She was a, you know, butter bar lieutenant at the time told me that, Hey, good thing you're here. We'll get you checked in. But, Oh, by the way, your, your MOS is going away. It's being replaced by Patriot. So we went through Hawk school. We went through all this, did shoots. And then, about three quarters of the way into my career, everything was boxed up and pretty much uh, went back to Raytheon and sold overseas. Hawks still use worldwide, like like the stuff over in Europe with Russia right now. Those those 
batteries are uh you know in place right now it's a very cool system to work on um but but no it was air defense all the way okay all right cool yeah um i, I saw and shared a post with some of those guys at a, at a position uh that i was at in germany uh for a little while yep and uh they um i'm trying, I'm trying to think of what kind of systems those were um and if we talked about it any other day i probably could remember but it was a um they closed the base down several years ago and i don't think that they even they might have some civilian contractors there maybe some government employees but the the land was leased from the government and so they they've consolidated a lot of older posts down and shut a lot of places down in, in europe and, and abroad and kind of just redirected those uh, resources to you know other places like i don't know like poland now and some other places around uh, around Europe. So, so I, I know that Germany had stationary uh, hawk emplacements. So they had land, and nothing moved. Um, you know, hawks hawks a mobile system, but but Germany was unique in that for their array of coverage against in, during the Cold War times, these were these were in place bases, and they also had the Nike system, which was right before Hawk came out. I think there's another one too, but um, it's still used worldwide. Um, uh, I, I know Israel used it, Greece uses it, uh, a lot of countries use it because it's it's been around forever. They've got all the bugs worked out of it. It's a solid fuel system, so it's it's very stable. And you know, technology has made a lot of the radars and control systems smaller, lighter. I mean, what used to be pulled on a big, huge truck is now it, it, you know can fit in your van or Humvee, no problem. Right. Like, you know, when the computer first came out, it was the size of like a small manufacturing, you know, building, you know, they've condensed the stuff down to the size of cell phones now, yeah. you know? Yeah. You know, so, and then the technology has, has just nothing, done nothing but boom. And, you know, when you get funded by governments or, you know, interest groups and, and manufacturing and tech and, and uh, armament companies that are very interested in, upgrading their products or selling their products um you know you can kind of see a spike in technology like that that the likes of which that most common people haven't even dreamed in seeing you know sure. how you go from a patriot missile system to mlrs to now high mars and it's hard telling what you know uh, what's in the works whether it be like satellite weaponry you know uh, near earth uh, orbit uh, you know ballistics and you know the difference in uh Oh God, like what Russia's got with their, you know, uh, mock speed, you know, ICBMs and, uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, 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 it's kind of scary to see what they're going to come up with next. And, um, they just kind of, I don't know, that could be a show for another time or a discussion for another time. For but, sure. Um, yeah. Did you ever think about, you know, reenlisting or what, what, the, what made you decide to get out when you did? Um, well, I got hurt one and then two right before I got hurt. I had decided that, you know, the, the thing was when you finally got some answers, the Marine Corps knew before I, you know, signed my papers that the system was going away. They, they knew like a 18, let's see, I joined in May of 95. They knew in like 94, it was going to go away. So my, my thought at the time was, why would you put me? in a system you knew was going away. We did a couple shoots, which were absolutely, you know, life-changing. I mean, when you saw that missile leave 
the launcher and you know and when it pops it's already broken the sound barrier it's already going after its target and you're you know seeing all this happen in the control band outside mega cool like it, it's one thing nothing gets any other mos's but when the guy says well i was in supply or i was in motor t or i was a artillery oh, that's cool what did you do oh I, this is what i did right so the cool factor was was right there and i loved it but i'm like wait a minute you knew this was going away and you put us there anyway just to pretty much get it ready to be shipped back to raytheon to be resold again I'm not really sure I want to give you another chance to have that kind of control over my life. You know, I, I, I love the air wing. I love being in aviation MOSs. I love planes. I love all that stuff. That's what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to be on a ship, you know, aircraft carrier, you know, getting Harriers in the air or F-18s, avionics, cryogenics, nav systems, whatever. Hawk was cool, but I'm like, I don't know. I'm not, I wasn't. So what I'm trying to say is I didn't want to roll the dice twice. And so I was thinking that way. And then I got hurt. Then it became academic. It was, it was like, you know, Hey, we're not gonna, we're not gonna operate on you to fix you. It's just easier to kick you out, which I understood. Well, that's what happened. You know, I, I stepped in a hole and a run and, you know, and that's what happened to Ron. I think so. Yeah. We had another Marine buddy that got injured the same way, like running through a field and stepped in a hole. Yeah. And, and and so the Navy doctor's like, well, he's definitely messed up. You know, we can, he, he's probably not ever going to really be like true combat ready. And to get him that way is going to require, you know, PT and maybe surgery. Let's do him a favor. Let's do us a favor. Just kick him out. Honorable discharge. No problem. And, you know, okay. And then I, it really sucked. I really hated it. You know, it's like, this is again, beyond my control, but now yeah. I can understand why they did it, and I don't disagree with them. I mean, you know, just when you can't run, you can't be in the Marine. It's just as simple as that. Right. And it's crazy how they've let some soldiers, you know, who have lost limbs rehabilitate and still continue their service, too, in lieu of, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but, you know, you can be a one-legged individual and Isn't still serve something? in some capacity. Yeah. Well, I've yeah. seen that, and I'm like, wait a minute. I mean, he doesn't have a leg. There's got to be a waiver. I mean, I mean, I mean, all the power to him. But I'm like, are they really hitting their the army's what two miles for their PT yeah. school? Are, are are they really hitting their two and Marine Corps three mile run times to to be in? Are they able to hump a pack? More power to him. All the respect <laughs> to him. But I'm like. If they can get back in, why couldn't they have worked with me? It was just the time, I guess. I don't know. I think it was, you know, a different time, different mindset, different mission objective, different, uh, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that have changed and lacked since our time, all, you know, all the times that, you know, collectively that we've served, you know, with um, in regards to, uh, well, I'm just going to step lightly in that, into this category, but, you know, um, gender choices oh well yeah. that, that, that you can't i i know that people don't want to hear that but i'm like if you that has changed what's required and mm -hmm. what's what's done and there's just no two ways to do it i mean it, it is what it is i mean um they don't run the same pft we do and they never will uh yeah. But also, I, I also understand that, you know, the Army and the Marine Corps were told, you know, by, like five years ago, hey, 
you know, boots and youths runs and stuff like that's great, but you're, we're, we're injuring these guys at a high rate. You know, can we change up how we do this? And I think those questions need to be asked because, you know, it's not a finite resource. It's not an infinite resource, excuse me. Mm -mm. No, no, you're right. You're right. Um, well, you spoke earlier about being a father of three boys. Do any of your children have any interest in joining the service? No, uh, none of them did. One of them came close, but decided it wasn't for him. And, and I, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, all I ask them to do is respect veterans and people who serve in the military and understand, right. you know, what that was like. Their grandfather served on the USS Massachusetts. His name is on the, on the bridge there and, and a plaque. So they have a very strong military history in the family. They're aunt served in the marine corps their uncle serves in the air force now so it's it's a very strong military family and they do it but i i was never one of those dads who's like you know you must join the marine corps i'm not gonna think you're a man it's not mm -hmm. for everybody uh the military as a whole whether you're in the national guard coast guard air whatever it's not for everybody and, and mm -hmm. i think it's a mistake for parents to and, and I'm the minority here, you know, a lot, a lot of dads get really jazzed up about having that, that, uh, tradition. And I think it's great, but I don't want to force it. You know, you should join. It's gotta be a choice. Cause it's you want to do it. I understand right. what that choice means. And it's a pretty big choice when you think about it. Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, I'm going to turn the mic over to Corey. Um, I think I've yapped a little bit enough. We're going to move on to some other topics and kind sure. of push forward on with the show. Well, we've kind of tiptoed into this already, so I'll go ahead and make the plunge. You've talked a little bit here and there about how being in the Marines changed you in particular ways. How would you say, we'll just go with uh, the most uh, noticeable, the most important, however you want to look at it, way that the Marines shaped you as a father? Well, I mean... I'm a, I'm a big advocate of discipline and, you know, you know, some people didn't like this, but I'm like, you know, Hey, you're going to obey me because I'm your dad and you respect me or you're going to obey me because, you know, I can and will punish you because you, you're not obeying me. That goes for your mother too. I mean, you know, there, there, there's no, you know, gray area ambiguity. You know, I want something done. I tell you to do something. I mean, for you to do it. And, you know, some people didn't like that style of parenting, but I'm like, well, you know, I don't see any other way around it. It's, it's pretty black and white to me. And, and, and you know, I, I, I learned as I went along that there's battles you can pick with your children for sure. But um, that's kind of how I started out. And I, I think, uh, you know, it, it worked for me overall. All right, well, that kind of leads me into my next question. And you may have just answered it. Did you have any hard times with that uh you know that typical teenage rebellious phase that you you hear about on you know on the, the movies and tv i wouldn't say my my sons were really challenging in that regard there were some things i swear to god they they, they got together and like you know hey if you do this i'm going to do that and we'll we'll all three stress them out at the same time you know just seeing that way i'm not sure they actually coordinated that but there were there were certain things that all three of them in their own way did that, you know, I didn't like, and, you know, there was a lot of reasons for some of those behaviors and activities. There's a lot of things going on, but, um, this is where by this time I'm like, you know, I, I, I want it my way all the time and I want to be that authoritarian, you know, all the time, but that's not the reality. 
So I, I, I had to, you know, eat some humility, eat some humble pie, check my ego and try to understand what they were going through to be an effective father. And, and more importantly, set the right example. I mean, I'll, I'll say this, you know, uh, to any father out there, if you don't think your, your sons and daughters aren't watching everything you do, uh, it was, it was pretty, pretty humbling when we, you know, my, my oldest son who is, you know, working right now, he's living on his own. He's doing really well. Said, you know what, you know, I watched what you did and how you worked and how you did this and how you did that. And, you know, I'm doing the same thing up here and it's working for me pretty well. And it just, uh, it made it all worth it. Right. So to answer your question, um, there, there were things where, you know, this is going to be this way because I feel this is the best thing for you, whether you like it or not. There were some things they did that absolutely did not, I did not, do not agree with. Right. But as they get older, if you can get through the teenage years, the pot of gold at the end of that rainbow is like, whoa, you know, this is why he was this way with me. And this is what he was trying to do. And I'm all bought in now. I'm going to, I'm going to do the same thing because they, they're watching. They're watching everything you do, how you act, how you work, how you work out, how you entertain yourself, everything. And you want that to come from you and not somebody else. Really good information. That's really good. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be able to use that in a reel for sure, because you really hit the nail on the head there. I, I, I like to like see these things as they're coming. So I can just keep my mouth shut and let you make the show look better for me. Um, <laughs> to kind of uh, keep it on the, the relationship with your sons. Uh, this is something I think about uh, going forward when, when, you know, when he gets you know old enough for it to, to be a thing. Did you have any success when it came to sharing like, you know, uh, your favorite movies, your favorite music with your sons? Did you, uh, did they tend to, uh, you know, like any of that or were they like, Oh no, dad like that. So it sucks. Well, first of all, I'm not cool. I mean, you know, uh, right. I, I my coolness <laughs> crown was passed a long time ago. I'm a metal head, uh, heavy metal rock and roller kind of guy. Right. And, None of them, none of them like metal, man. I, I like, I, I tried, I tried Rush to show them what Rush was about. Yes. And Van Halen to start there. Like, we'll start there before we go to Pantera and, you know, Fear Factory and a couple others, right? Gojira. They're like, dad, they're, they're screaming in anger. I'm like, you haven't even heard Slayer yet. I mean, (laughs) this is, this is tame. So they didn't like my music. Now, movies, um, it wasn't so much movies, but we all like the same kind of anime shows. Um, You know, Attack on Titan is cool. Uh, One Piece I'm getting into with them because they like that. I'm not into Dragon Ball Z. I can't stand that. I don't understand that. But, you know, some of the other, you know, things with robots and stuff in it, they thought Voltron was awesome. And it is. It'll never not be awesome. You know, transformers movies was cool but um you know uh video games that was our thing uh you know we'll get together on thanksgiving and christmas we'll all come together and we'll play mario kart and I, I, i've never <laughs> ever uh you know i'll play madden with uh my youngest and and you know it's it, that's how i relate to him but as far as music no just never happened well at least you had some success Music is, yeah. it, I think, would be one of the more particular things because that changes so much. 
Like, I mean, there are certain things today that I'm just like, that's, that's not music. Like, mm. let me, let me introduce you to Led Zeppelin. Like, this is music. Mm. This is what talent sounds like. Well, the thing mm. is, they, they don't like metal. They don't like rock and roll, but they like the seventies music, like the Guardians of the, with the Galaxy soundtrack. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They'll, they have that on repeat. I'm like, that's kind of cool. That, that's like, like you think that's cool, but Rush isn't cool. Yeah. Yeah. I can't listen to the entire soundtrack, but I remember having watched, I think I don't, I haven't seen all of them, but watching most of the movies, uh, you know, there were some, there were some bangers on there. So I could see why it would draw a young man in, um, you know, but that being said, there's nothing like a little bit of guns and roses or, Amen. Uh, you know, something along those lines. I, uh, I'm kind of, uh, I'm always coming up empty for, you know, for the large part when it comes to finding new music to listen to. I've actually had to dip back into country music, which is something I haven't listened to really since the nineties. But, um, it, you know, I, I see you laughing, but it, it, it's sad, but true. I got in trouble one time, man. I, yeah, someone said, Hey, you know, we're going to Nashville. We're going to meet, uh, Jason Aldean's dad. I'm like, who's Jason Aldean? You would have, <laughs> you would have thought I slapped this woman. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I, 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 she's like, do you know who Luke Bryan is? We're going to meet some people. I don't know who that is. I have no idea. Oh. I don't know anything about the old country music, like Randy Travis, George Strait, you know, Hank Williams, you know, senior and junior. That was one thing, but this new stuff, I have no idea what it is. No. Yeah. You would have not heard of any of the country I'm talking about. Like the guys that I'm finding, like don't even have albums out most of the time. Like they've just put out a few singles and okay. then eventually they'll have an album. They're all on Spotify. So that's the only reason I'm able to find them. All right. um but typically I, I do fall in line with what you just named as far as country music i, I like uh my first my first love and, and my my all-time favorite will always be dwight yoakam and um i've seen him only one time live i feel like that's a fail i should have seen him more already but he was uh, great yeah no doubt about it loved him actor actor and uh musician yeah um i don't know if, if you've ever seen listeners the two uh gentlemen in front of me if you've ever seen sling blade man he was good in that he, he was, was I saw so him. good in that. I mean, he's so good. It's funny. I'm like, like, I cannot stop laughing at the, the awesome, like performance of Dwight Oakham. Anyway, that being said, I do have one silly question that I just wanted to get out of the way because it is near and dear to my heart. You said that you've lived in Boston for 20 years. Have you, uh, have you, and, and maybe it's been often, but have you been to uh, Cheers and were you as disappointed as I was to learn that it didn't look like the show? I went to Cheers with some of my family who, you know, we got to go to Cheers. And I'm like, the only reason I never went was is because I had some coworkers tell me, Travis, it's it's not all that. Don't waste your time. And so my family comes up. We got to go to Cheers. We got to go to Cheers. It's on Beacon Hill. You go down there. I'm like, well, here it is. Well, this is not like it is on TV. I'm like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> it's we the freedom trails that way let's go walk that way so i've gone once um it was like five <laughs> minutes out of my life i can't get back and then i just <laughs> you know, forgot about it yeah i was i was i haven't seen it my ex-wife went and she told me about it afterwards and i was very disappointed to learn because something like that should be uh, held in perpetuity it should be a museum or something like that like you should have to pay to get in uh george went should be there on you know tuesdays or something along those lines and it should just be something special, but I guess I'm the only one that thinks that, or at least the, the people in charge don't agree with me. 
But I, uh, once again, just like Sam, I kind of uh, hogged that up for a little bit. Uh, why don't you uh, take it over for a little bit, Sam? I'm sure that you've got at least one more question in mind. Well, yeah, I, I do. There was a, um, there was a, I don't know if it was a franchise or a chain store or something back in the nineties. Um, it was a, maybe they still exist. Maybe they don't. I don't know since you still currently live in Boston, but are there any more wicked discs still in the area? No. So music what stores, there? music stores kind of all dried up there. There was the strawberries, uh, in downtown crossing in Boston. That was one of my favorite places to go on lunch break during work because, they had five floors of music and CDs and all kinds of stuff. You know, it's where I first found Iced Earth and a couple other like, you know, cool bands listened to. Right. And then they still have it. It's called Newberry Comics. I don't know if you ever heard of that. That's still around, but it's it used to be, you know, a lot of music and, and L- LPs and so on and so forth. But it truly is um, more comics and graphic novels and stuff like that. The Funko Pops and all that kind of stuff. You can get that there posters and not so much music. So uh, it just kind of dried up, man. I mean, um, when I got there, there was WBCM, which is a rock and roll station. There was, then there was WAAF. Both those stations are gone, man. It's, it's just hard to find, you know, there's plenty of music up there, but nothing, nothing like I like to listen to. Right. Man. Okay. Well, like I said, I don't get to, I don't get to kind of frequent Boston as much as I did before. Or, or, you know, sensed, uh, but it was just one of those things that was kind of scratching at me. You know, I, I usually spend more time on the opposite side of the state. You know, I might fly or drive into Boston, and that's like I said, I'm over on the other side of the state spending most of my time or hanging out in uh, Connecticut or something like that. But, Logan, the master yeah. like head west, young man. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, getting back to being a father of three boys, um, another dad question for you here. What was your biggest challenge, you know, raising the three boys, you know, uh, along the way, other than, you know, we kind of have our hiccups and we kind of have our standstills and picking and choosing our battles during those teenage years is something that I think we often share in common, you know, um, as, as a parent. But uh, for you, what was your biggest challenges uh, raising three boys? Uh, without question, going through a divorce and the circumstances around that divorce made uh, life very challenging for uh, me for obvious reasons. And then um, I will say this until I die. It, 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 it exacted a heavy toll on my kids. Understood. Exactly. Yeah. A heavy toll on my kids. They paid a price too. Uh, and in some ways they're still paying, paying for uh, decisions that were made that none of us had any control over. And that's where, you know, you learn to, uh, you know, use hugs and um, other things to one, spend as much time with them as you possibly can. And then two, uh, try to give them, you know, a space where they can be themselves and, and know when they come see you or around you that, that they are the number one priority. There's no buddy else there's no other distractions certainly no other person living with me that's going to interfere with their time it's all about them and that was um it it is the best i could do with what i had in that situation understood yeah thank you thank you um well let's see i think that's all the kind of dad questions i've got for right now if we want to maybe segue into uh what Corey may want to start or i can 
change it up with uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, like your podcast, what you're involved with or what you'd like to kind of promote. We'll start with the uh, podcast first, because uh, that's sprung up a whole lot of other things. So, you know, it's kind of funny going back to, um, you know, I've been divorced for about 10 years. Uh, marriage was over about 14 years ago, honestly. And, uh, you know, I was feeling pretty useless, uh, didn't have a lot of purpose, uh, was very angry uh, and, and didn't have a lot of hope. I mean, just a lot of things were, were going on that, that you know, were beyond my control and, you know, out of order for the plan for my life. And, you know, uh, was in this really bad place. And, you know, long, long story short, um, well, I'm a lifetime member of the Marine Corps League in my area, and we would do these burial rituals. And that time frame, right, was when the whole 22 a day thing was like really rearing his head. Like we would go, you know, once a month and bury somebody and come to find out they had killed themselves, right? A lot of people coming back from Afghanistan and Iraq really messed up and just, you know, took the permanent way out. And what happened was, um, you know, was doing one of these rituals and the mom's like, you know, why'd you guys make it? And my son didn't, I didn't have an answer. I had no idea what to say. That's um, a tough question. Well, I mean, you know, I can't, I can't, I can't ever imagine as a parent having to go through that. I mean, just all the, all the sympathy, empathy or support in the world for, for those parents having to deal with that. I mean, I just, I have no way to conceive of, of that possibility even. So I started thinking, you know, after doing a couple of these things, well, what can be done? I mean, I mean, uh, it was at least to me apparent that, you know, the powers that be were behind. They, they didn't really understand the scope of the problem, much less what to do about it. So at the time, and this is a story I tell everybody, you know, I was doing some guest hosting at WVBF AM 1530 in Taunton, Massachusetts. And the guy down there is a South Shore News and Views was the show. And they're like, you know, you got a great voice for radio and you're, you're really calm behind the mic. You know, you, you might think about doing something with this. And, you know, the thing was radio time, as you guys can imagine, is not cheap. It, I'm like, there's no way I can afford $2,000 a month to have a hour long show. And then you had to be at the studio to do the show and then hope and pray somebody actually listened to it on the AM dial, right? But I loved it. It was cool. And, you know, in April of, of 2016, I meet this guy at uh, Massasoit Community College. His name's Keith Hayes. And he started talking about podcasting and what he did with his podcast. I'm like, man, I could do podcasting. I don't know anything about it, but I could, I could certainly try to do something with it. And, you know, I, I go up there and I pitch my idea. My idea was to do this thing called, you know, Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike, as you guys know, is for next speak for, you know, on the mission or on move. We're Oscar Mike. We're moving. We're moving forward. And I wanted to tell stories about active duty people and veterans who had challenges, had problems, had, you know, those limb issues and PTSD issues, but figured out a way to reboot their life. I just didn't know how to do it. And, you know, Keith got me going, you know, he's, he's, he currently runs since to one productions and he does this. He'll get your podcast going if you're, you know, doing this. And in July, 2016 is when I first recorded the show 20, uh, you know, July 22nd is when it actually dropped, you know, the first one dropped and I'm proud to say it sucked. It was terrible. 
I mean, bad wasn't even, you know, is being generous, right? But, uh, you know, I, I kept hanging with it. And then in September, I met this guy. Uh, his name's Kip Clark. He ran the podcast Stride and Sonner. And, you know, he's, he, he bought into what I was doing and gave me some pointers and tips. And we've become very good friends still after all these years. And what started happening is I had to produce a show. I said, I'm going to do a three-minute show once a week. But I had to be on point to come up with an idea, you know, figure out how I was going to talk about the idea, execute the idea, and then produce the idea. I mean, it was just that way. And it really wasn't until number 100, 102, that I started getting in a flow for doing this. And and then it's like number 117, I think 127 is when this really kind of like clicked. I was talking to an Army veteran, Army National Guard veteran. He owns a uh, general contracting company in my part of Massachusetts. And I did the show at Dunkin' Donuts in person with my Zoom H6 and little mics. And we're doing this. And, you know, we get done with the show and I, I put it up there and I asked him, I said, Steve, what'd you think about all this? Because I'm, I'm still trying to get better and figure this out. And he looked at me, he said, you know, Travis, I thought it was kind of weird in true mass hole fashion. <laughs> I thought it was kind of weird doing a podcast in a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm not going to lie to yeah. you. This is really kind of <laughs> weird. But you know what? I kind of like talking to you. You know, I thought you asked some good questions. I don't know anything about this audio stuff or content creation, all that jazz. I'm a, I'm a carpenter. I'm a, that's what I do. He's like, but I'll tell you this. If you can figure out how to take your podcast and add value to somebody, I think you're going to do all right. And that's why when Gary V a couple of years, this was like 20, 17-ish, right? You know, I'm into this for like a little over a year. Gary V was really starting to pop. And, and I'm like, holy moly, that's it. And because I was really worried about numbers, like, you know, if I got 75 listens and downloads on SoundCloud, yeah. mm -hmm. when I quit worrying about downloads and all this other stuff that goes along with it and start focusing on just value, well, first of all, it just got fun again. And it's a lot of effort, as you all know, but it got fun again. And then two, I started really being able to focus on the actual craft of podcasting and what that means. And, you know, for you all, what you're doing, it's really cool because you're trying to reach initiate people who are our fathers and what fathers bring to the child learning experience. And that adds value to people's lives, right? I mean, I think this is why I resonated with what you all were doing, right? We and hope so I, it adds value. <laughs> well, well you, you hope, right? And sometimes yeah. you do this, you do all this work, and it goes out to the, to the ether, and you know, one person <laughs> downloaded it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? But it's also weird when you least expect it, you'll have somebody come up to you and says, hey, you know, I, I checked out your show, and this, and this, this. I'm like, that was on a year ago. But I really liked it and was able to do X because that that makes it all worth it, right? So that's kind of how it got going. And then, you know, what's happened over time, very organically, um, I'm, I'm still pretty much a team of one. Keith Hayes does a lot of the graphic stuff, like the little image you see here. Yeah, that's all him to really make it pop, right? But, you know, 
I've just focused on finding people that align with you know my values, uh, who have an interesting story to tell, who wouldn't have it told any other way, and figure out how to you know find out the things that you know people might be interested in might add value their lives, and I love it. I'm pushing my um, like number 367 right now. I have over 400 actual cataloged shows uh, going into year eight. And um, it's it's not getting old for me yet. I wish I could do this full time. That's right impressive. And yeah, that hats impressive. off to you. Yeah, hats off to you for staying committed to it and, you know, and staying on track. You know, I think your discipline and your frame of mind that, you know, you've had your entire, you know, past 20 years or beyond that you know, does play a factor in that. So, you know, staying dedicated to it and believing in what you're doing and still having fun with it. You know, not a lot of people can say that they have a, you know, a, a project or even a, a main job or a focus, something that they've dedicated that much time to, and they still have a passion for it to this day. It's changed my, it changed my life, man. You know, I, I, I couldn't stay in my valley. I had to start, you know, getting out of it to talk with people and understand how things worked. And, you know, it's the thing that, that, you know, I, I'll tell my sons as a dad, you know, uh, just when you think you know it all, you're reminded the older you get how much you don't know. So always have that, you know, inquisitive mind to think about things and see different perspectives before you make a decision or, or, or come to a way of doing it. So it, it changed my life. It, it really has. I've gotten to be exposed to so many different things because of, of doing this, this little weekly show, man. I love, and I love it. Right. Wow, that's really cool. Um, I don't want to cut in here. I did have a couple of things before we kick out toward the uh, toward, toward the last little bit, the home stretch. Did, uh, did I cut you off there, Sam, for any, from anything else? Okay, so one thing that popped up uh, that I had thought of and forgotten, I've got a, well, we get very little um, listener feedback. Uh, we, we actually did have a listener come on the show, which was really cool. You know, he was talking about how uh, listening helped him and things like that. So like you said, it was it was nice to get that kind of uh, reminder of what we're doing. That being said, that's a that's few and far between. But uh, the relative to that, I've had a couple of dads ask me this same question, and you have seen this and, and gone through it and and come out the other side. And they want to know uh, what can they do when their uh, their son, their daughter, uh, that sometimes they didn't necessarily specify the gender, but what can they do to get that child to open up? Uh, you know, a lot of times if you, if you're going through something, all you need to do is really talk it out with, with anybody, especially mom or dad, uh, to, you know, to kind of get a feel for it and get a handle on it and to get through it. But I guess teens in general aren't always, you know, fond of communication. And these two guys in particular were having that issue. So I was wondering if you could give any advice to that. Well, man, I, I run that problem there. There's just, you realize there's just stuff that's going on in your kid's life. They're not going to talk to you about, and it's really frustrating, right? I think, I think for me, any success I've had, and it's been frustrating and limited sometimes is, you know, you got to meet them where they are. If, 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 you know, going to um, a skate park or, or, you know, we'll, we'll watching them skate, taking videos of them skating will allow them to open up around you. Great. If going to a library, a, uh, dance recital, anything like that. You know, there's a lot of time in the car where you, you don't have to grill them. You don't have to interrogate them where you can just get them talking about life, asking about their friends. 
you you got and, and yeah, it's hard because you've got your own set of challenges, stressors, worries, and concerns, and, and things going on, and you, you know they're not your friend. They're not, they're not the same age as you there. There's all kinds of goals you're trying to traverse, but it's where you just, you know, meet them where they are. Hey, you know what? Um, you know, this barbecue place open. I know you like barbecue. Let's go get barbecue tonight. Okay. You know, well, how was your day at school? Um, you know, my sons might get annoyed about this, but I still call or text them every day. You know, uh, my oldest is like, you know, Okay, dad, but I'm like, I'm going to text you every day. You don't have to reply, but, you know, uh, and, and do they appreciate it? Yeah, hell yeah, they appreciate it. You know, yeah, they want to know I'm there. So you got to let them know that you're there. You got to let them know that this is not like an interrogation or whatever. But, you know, you, you got to listen. If, if if one of your kids, especially a teenager, it's really weird. You know, my two older ones are starting to get like, we can talk for, you know, about like stuff happening to them and they're pretty cool with it. But when they take this time, they actually come to you with a problem. It's really like, you did what? I can't believe you did that. It, it, that's where you, you got to like, let them get it out with no judgment, no, you know, con, you know, no, no, con, you know, don't be condescending. Okay. Well, this happened. What happened? Okay. What was going through your you did that <laughs> okay well well tell me what, what you were thinking about when you were doing that and it's hard it's hard to not be a parent but you, you got to kind of let the parent thing go to the to the back seat a little bit and just you know meet them where they are and that might be over a movie it might be over a madden game it might be over you know uh, a cup of coffee at your favorite coffee place it might be over a rap song that you don't like, but you know what? You, you got to meet them where they are. That, that jives pretty well side by side with uh, some advice I've heard from other dads. It's yeah. just about being present and taking an interest in what they have an interest in. And then, and then, you know, hopefully letting them talk just about whatever. Yeah. So I mean, just kind of approaching it or just stand, be there in a position of love and understanding. Like I said, you might, it might not make sense to you, you know, whether their challenges or something <laughs> that, that you face during that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that kids these days do that doesn't make a lick doesn't of make sense, sense at all. Doesn't make sense to me. Doesn't make no, sense to me. But, I'm like, I don't know what this is. What am I yeah. even here? And I'm like, okay, <laughs> you know, they, they, they're having me here for a reason, right? They, they don't, they might not be able to articulate, but for some reason, having dad check out this rap song or this new car, you know, at the car show was really important to them. And because they can feel that, you know, it's important to you because it's important to them starts building those bridges. Right. I agree. Do you feel like, and it may be that this differs so much that it's not even a thing, but do you think that a lot of times that is like, like I want dad to like this too, just as simple as that. Um, Some things, not everything, because at least for me, you know, I, I wanted them to like their own thing. I never demanded that they, you know, like the same music. I never, you know, said you have to, or I want them to be their own person. So I'm just like, whatever you decide you like, make sure you like it for the right reason. And, you know, I don't understand it, but I'll at least check it out. Right on. That's, um, that's good advice. And I'm glad to hear you say that. That really does double down. You know, when, when we get 
common themes that come up amongst dads, it's really something to, to remark upon because you can pretty well take things like that to the bank, um, you know, mold them to your situation, but take faith that they have worked in the past and will continue to work. Uh, so I guess that is uh, pretty much it for me as well. Uh, did you have any uh, other projects that you were working on? Anything else that you wanted to get out there to our uh, small but growing listenership? Oh, well, first of all, it's been absolutely fantastic coming on your show. I think, like I said, you know, I've listened to, to your show. We connected on Facebook and I'm like, man, this is, this is needed. Um, you know, there's so much about fatherhood that's not talked about. Uh, I don't know about you, but you know, my, my dad and granddads did not, never, never did what we're doing right now. It was, you know, and, and, and you know, my, my dad believed and spare the rod, spoil the child. And that was all the, that was what you're going to get, you know, you put a roof over your head and food in your stomach. Anything else was just a bonus. Um, you know, there were some good times. I'm, you know, we, we, we went on trips and stuff like that, but it was not like it is now. Right. And I think I could have, you know, benefited from some, a different approach. So what you're all are doing here to, to you know, talk about fatherhood is just so important. So key. So I just appreciate coming on as far as projects I'm working on right now. I'm, I'm, um, you know, I'll get asked to, do different things. Like I was, I, I wrote this story about podcasting in this book called the resilient warrior. I had had the, you know, the, the, the authors on talk about one of their other books and they asked me to contribute to this project. Well, I wrote about how podcasting and to your point, resiliency kind of worked hand in hand. Two years later, uh, they say, Hey, you know, exceptional parent magazine wants to have, you know, this, this, contribution profiled in their october 2023 issue I'm like get out <laughs> way and what that's turned into is you know I, I i'm having the editor of that magazine on oscar mike radio and i'm able to you know talk with her about certain aspects of parenting and these are you know parents of kids with autism you know duchenne's muscular dystrophy blindness anything else like that and there's a section in that magazine about military families and it's really interesting how, you know, people are starting to understand that it's not just the soldier in the military that's affected by things. It's the whole entire family unit. And we need to really expand the scope of what we're doing. Like some orgs that I've talked to, you know, Operation Homefront, right, who provides support for the military family, for the veteran family. Because, look, we all know, you know, You've got that, you know, E4, E5, that, that 01, 02, you know, wife is pregnant, wife has a toddler, you know, he's gone the field for four, six, eight weeks or deployed for 18 months. It's, it's hard on a good day. It's brutal when it's like that, right? And, you know, where's support for the family unit? So you don't have the problems with divorce and infidelity and the other things because of this, right? So I really like, you know, things like, you know, your show an exceptional parent to highlight the family. But this is an example of some of the things that have happened to me because of Oscar Mike radio. Um, second thing I'm working on uh, recently is I went to Aviv clinics in Florida and they're piloting uh, their hyperbaric uh, oxygen therapy treatment for veterans with PTSD. Got to do some filming down there and talking to some of the medical staff and the CEO about what they're trying to do. And, this got its start in Israel. And about, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they started 
experimenting with, you know, hyperbaric treatment for TBI and PTSD to the point now where if you're an Israeli, you know, veteran or active duty, you get injured or have a PTS, you know, diagnosis. It's the first place they send you. And the, and the recovery rate has been amazing. They're trying to get that going here in the United States. It'd be really interested to see what happens with that. And this is again, because of the podcast, because of, you know, doing video, being able to video somebody in a park at, at, a, at a VFW, so on and so forth. I'm able to kind of, you know, expand my toolbox a little bit, but these are the kinds of things that a podcast can really do for you and, and the people that are supporting your show. Uh, funny you, you say you, because I just recently got off uh, a failed attempt at ketamine treatment. So I am always on the lookout for something that actually does work for PTSD. I've yet to find that. You know, um, I won't say there's any kind of cure, so to speak, 100%, but, you know, something that's really going to help more than just uh, an hour a day or whatever the case may be. Um, so really good stuff. I, I do hope that that catches on and, you know, um, all good vibes your way on in, on that front. If, I'm not surprised that the Israelis kind of started something like that because they are, <laughs> they see some stuff and they're pretty hardcore. So they probably have, um, you know, as high a rate or higher as far as PTSD, uh, maybe even suicide as, as, as we do over here. So they are um, no surprise being on the forefront of something like that. Uh, before we kick out of here, I, I do uh, being Halloween. It's our first Halloween on the show and we don't really have anything planned or uh, maybe if something strikes me in a, in a fit of genius, I'll do it, but it'll probably be alone. So I've come with a couple of the Halloween related dad jokes to end the show on. Oh boy. I, I never come with yeah, him really, buddy. but um, that being said, though, I did want to give Sam uh, one last chance to, you know, get to anything that he had uh, forgot or left out uh, before we go ahead and uh, send it home here. No, no, I'm really eager to check out these uh, Halloween themed dad jokes myself, and so right on, I'm, uh, I'm okay with that. And Let's uh, go. If, if, if you feel like those are a flounder, I got a backup for you. Don't worry. I got All right, you. Good. I, but, I, I was uh, hoping you'd say that. I was hoping you'd say that. You, no, you're going to bring the heat with this. Let's hear it. All right. I'm going to, uh, hopefully I do better than the, the Braves did. So what does Jack Torrance drink when he runs out of whiskey? Um, pumpkin spice, coffee, <laughs> iced. <laughs> Sam. I guess it'd help if I knew who you were talking about. I was just going to say, okay. Uh, is, before that, I... is that nightmare? Is that nightmare? That's um, oh god, Jack, you Jack Skellington. No, no, Jack Torrance is from Stephen King's. Uh, oh, fuck me in the ass when they're in the hotel room. They, they go to the hotel over the winter time. Oh, that's, that's from the Shining. Shining, the Shining. yes, yes, the yes, Shining. yes. I was thinking the Nightmare Before Christmas or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You oh. might have done better if I had told you that ahead of time, but I didn't want to ruin it. So that being <laughs> said, I, so I'm over one. Uh, the answer to that's red rum. I'm, I might strike that entirely from the podcast. Uh, okay, yeah, I get the connection. Well, yeah, yeah, totally, totally foobarred that one. Yeah, yeah, fuck the pooch on that one. All right, so uh, we'll be uh, these these <laughs> these fucking these fucking dad jokes. What they're good for is making sure that I, I check the block where it says uh, these are not for kids. So next up, we have um, how do you know your house is haunted by a high schooler? um oh man uh, um crash everywhere it smells, like, it smells like teen spirit ah, oh my god, god. No. 
Oh, that's, that a, that's a good one. That's I knew that was a winner. I knew that, that was a winner. That's a good one. That's a the good first one. one um, <laughs> the first one relies on uh, everybody knowing who that is. And uh, I wouldn't have used it at all, but I heard the back to back. So I, I remember them both. I, I like that one. I like that. I'm, I'm going to use that one. All right. Since, I'm, over, since I'm over one, why don't you go ahead, Sam? Give us, a, give us one that's actually come from a book that's been published. <laughs> thanks for giving away my sources here oh like, sorry sorry yeah he comes yeah, up with these on his own is what i meant yeah completely original yeah yeah completely <laughs> all right so i don't know if this one's going to be any good or match that teen spirit one I, hey I man like that, that roman one. barber one i hated it it's got so many views it's got like thousands of views oh my goodness you can i almost forgot i said that one it got right, big on go. Insta and YouTube. Anyway, go really, ahead. Really? Yeah. Wow. All right. <laughs> Here we go. <clears throat> what do you call a mythical creature with a cold? Oh, a woman. <laughs> Good guess, Travis. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and leave my, my guess unsaid. What is the Ooh, answer? Unless it's a woman. Well, because yeah, well, remember, it's always like when dad gets a cold, the whole place shuts down and, you know, women never really get sick. They just plow through it, which is kind yeah. of, you know, a, a respect to the, the female gender. Respect to them. And also, you guys are so lucky that you don't feel it like we do, because seriously, like man flu, I wouldn't wish it it's on anybody. Thing. It's like like it's yeah. like pregnancy times like kidney stone. It equals mm -hmm. man flu. It's really bad. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I'm sure. so I'm so glad you guys don't have to deal with that. For sure. Uh, anyways, uh, I do not know what's the answer. That was a great recovery, guys. Appreciate that. <laughs> you know, we, we may have saved like our three female viewers. <laughs> and well, if we have three. Right. Right. All right. So what do you call a mythical creature with a cold? All right. Anybody go? A chupacabra. A chupacabra? Yeah. A chupacabra. A chu. A chupacabra. Oh, my God. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, that one's gonna get a million views. That one was oh. awful. Uh, <laughs> a chupacabra. A chupacabra. Not, not in a million years. Oh, oh man, that was man. Bad. Okay, you know what? I appreciate that. Thank you. That one, I think you know. Once I once I realized what you were talking about, and I didn't feel stupid like the apple one. Uh, it was it was worth it. He told this one about uh, I don't remember something about an apple story, and I'm thinking like eating apples and fruit because i'm an old man who's who's retarded and and he's like no it's an apple store yeah but you know that, that's just how it went one day uh, anyways so with those wonderful laughs i'm sure everybody's just dying and like peeing their pants and spitting out their drinks but uh we appreciate uh you guys for listening uh like what's what's going on are you taking a picture of us yeah okay fair enough uh like comment share and all that i don't ask and uh, I almost forgot that that time, but apparently that's important to podcast. So no, no, you gotta subscribe, folks. Subscribe to yeah. this podcast. Yes, Hit please. The subscribe button, please. It takes a second. Yeah, like I, I give you uh, an hour and something every week. All I work, all I recommend or, or require is a, is a press of a button. That's all. You don't even gotta leave them. You can even leave a comment later on one day. Just right now, just just subscribe or follow. That's all, and then we'll write yeah. the rest later like and subscribe check out our videos check out our reels you can find us on all social media and like our wonderful guest uh, travis shows up here hey you know what check out the oscar mike radio it's uh it's going to be a great source of information connectivity you can connect with some other veterans hear some wonderful stories and uh we really appreciate you coming on and being a guest for the for our podcast 
mean, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming out. Yeah, I told great... you there was a reason I had Sam. Hey, Sam, Corey, I've had a great time tonight, and all the best on yours, and hope you be a guest on mine soon. Hey, for sure, yeah. Uh, keep in touch, and if you run across any uh, veteran dads that want to share their story, th- uh, send them our way. We'll do. Uh, but with that being said, uh, yeah, Sam said it for me, but I want to thank you again, and also thanks Sam for for making the time. You've, your schedule's been held this month, but mm. uh, we'll see. You know, uh, if we can adapt better in the future to uh, what you got going on. Uh, dad life is so hectic, and it's hard to do a podcast for dads with dads. So we 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 make do as we can. But Absolutely. thanks, guys, for listening. Thanks, guys, for showing up and talking to me. And uh, I guess. For your two dads, I will check you later. Check you later. We're on the move. We're Oscar Mike. I want you to know it's over. Well. Bye. You smell that, Bill? Smells like someone died.